0: It's time for Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Off and running with Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO, and just like last year, during the offseason, we are lucky enough to get a chance to kind of move through this Hawkeye football coaching staff, and we are going to start things off with quarterbacks coach Ken O'Keefe joining us here on 1460 KXNO. Coach, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing well. We've got well, Ch- got Chad Lysico and Mark Emmerett, my buddies from the Des Moines Register that are in studio with us here. Mark's on the phone, so you'll uh, have to uh, live with us on that. But Chad, you've got some burning questions you want to get off your chest here with coach. We better dive in
1: here, man. Burning.
2: Huh? Yeah, uh, we're going to hit you with some hot some, hot seat coach. Yeah, we're going to hit you with some hard hitters here. Uh first of all <laughs> First of all, I want to know how uh how's your p- outdoor pizza oven?
3: is getting all this information from. we have sources <laughs> it, coach yeah it, it's uh it, it's it's looking pretty good right now it's gonna get a little bit more use than it did when it was 20 below No, i'll keep it tough keeping the fire still Man,
2: <laughs> now, now my sources indicate these aren't tombstones you're popping in there i've uh, these are like homemade pizzas and and yeah. you're shooting for that perfect crust how do, how do you get it
3: uh, you know the the magical answer is uh, you call the bakery at uh, at High uh, V, and uh, they they uh, they'll make the dough for you. You come back and you know we can organize the re- you know the rest of it. Uh, my wife is of uh, Italian descent, so she's been a big uh, a big a big asset. Her in this venture, although she did uh, question a few of my decisions along the way as we were going through the project, but anyway, it's all working out well, and uh, you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be some fun.
0: How many pizzas a week do you have to eat to justify having an outdoor pizza oven, guys?
3: You know th- those are statistics that I'm not prepared to uh, you know deliver <laughs> to you tonight. So
2: I like that deliver. Well done. <laughs>
3: anyway. All right, we got to be moving on to something else uh, at this stage. No, right? that was it. No, just kidding. Go ahead, Ross. <laughs> that's that, that's good.
0: Coach, it's your uh, it's your second time back here I was second year in your second trip here. How much does it feel uh the same as when you were when you left following the 2 2011 season?
3: Uh, well, you know, everything you know seems uh, other than the new surroundings there, you know, you know new uh new facilities everywhere. You know, everything seems pretty, uh, you know, pretty much the way, uh, that I used to, the feel around the office is exactly the same. Obviously, you know, the culture that Kirk has built here the last 20 years, uh, is, you know, is, is going strong, you know, even with, um, you know, the three new guys on the staff right now that, that, uh, that we had offensively and now with, uh, Derek Foster as well. Um, you know, all that remains in place intact and, um, uh, and and really better than ever.
0: That's what's the same. What's the biggest difference? Uh, you know, really, the
3: biggest difference is uh, you know the uh, the facility, you know the facility, and how much easier it makes uh, you know makes it for the the players. I think to uh, you know to to work and and for us to do our jobs as coaches uh, without a doubt. And then, the, you know, the, the, there's, there's more, you know, the jobs, there's a lot of different jobs that weren't here when I was here the first time, you know, with social media people and, you know, uh, you know, there's, it seems like, uh, you know, there's little things that have expanded along the way. Um, but they have everywhere, not only in college football, but, you know, in pro football as well. So, but, um, it, you know really and the new guys on the staff have really brought a lot to the table uh they all been successful coaches and other successful programs and that you know have had uh uh had a lot of input in, in what we're doing and how we're doing things and and uh you know kirk and brian and you know have been uh you know uh you know greatest strengths are you know they're willing to listen and and uh you know take uh take all the ideas in and kind of see what works and what doesn't so it's uh it's been fun it's been it's uh you know it's always um you know uh it's always great being around young people and and uh you know watching everything unfold and, and seeing how everybody thinks and you know that includes the coaches obviously but uh you know certainly the players as well
0: what's the biggest difference on the field or as far as game plan or preparation
3: uh, you know, really the, it, the, uh, schedule's different because Thursdays are day off and, you know, so everything's pushed up, uh, a day basically. So it's, um, you know, you come off the, you know, you know, you come off that, uh, the game field Saturday and, you know, you're right back, you know, you, you, you know, you grade the, you grade the tape and you, you get it out of the way pretty early Sunday and you start right, you know, you, you're, you're right on to the next thing. and you know, Monday morning we're practicing with you know with uh you know uh you know for about an hour and fifteen minutes or so I think we're you know we're we're installing, you know, part of our game plan right there and you know everything moves right right along uh you know the course of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday up until Thursday, which is the player's day off.
0: Mark, I'll let you jump in here, buddy. I'm sure you've got some things you'd like to, to ask Coach about.
1: Yeah, well, we'll just talk about things that are different, obviously. One big difference Oh yeah. is that you're on a now... phone order and a pizza there. Or is that what you're doing, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're on I'm vacation. staring at the Good rain in you. Portland, Maine right now, actually. But uh, oh, nice. but uh, one big difference, obviously, is you're now reporting to the son of your former employer, uh, Mr. Ferentz. How's that working out with you and Brian? Has he ever chewed you out yet? <laughs> of course. You know, everybody gets
2: Details?
3: those every now and then. The uh, no, we you know, Brian's great. He he uh, he's you know he's done an outstanding job. It's not an easy thing to do, although I know a lot of people think it is. The uh, uh, you know he's he's got um he's got a great feel for how to put the game plan uh you know together every week uh, he does an outstanding job during the course of the game calling the game uh you know with uh you know with the speed that it has to be called with now um you know it's it's he's highly organized and and um and again like i said uh you know gathers ideas makes decisions and puts it together and you know we're able to get what we need practiced and you know especially you know it's especially important for the quarterbacks because you know we want to go into the you know we want to go into the uh the ball game knowing the game plan you know cold and uh the way brian does it he gives us plenty of time to get that accomplished so we can go out there on that field with a lot of a lot of confidence on saturday knowing exactly how we we want to go about things, and um, you know what we want to do if things aren't going the right way. Chad,
2: I
0: know you wanted to ask about the helmets, so I'll we'll let you do that here.
2: Yeah, coach. Uh, um, I know it's it's an important topic for you, and it's kind of interesting that Iowa is the, I believe, the only team in the country to be using um, custom-made helmets this year, uh, made by Riddell. Um, what can you tell us about um, this initiative and and how it's going?
3: Well, you know, I think that, you know, obviously safety in the sport is a huge concern right now, although I personally believe that the sport is safer than it ever has been. Uh, and I think it's going to continue to become safer in the future because of new technology like you're talking about with Riddell's, you know, precision helmet. Um, you know, Greg Morris has done a great job. Uh, he's our equipment guy, obviously. He's done a great job working with Riddell over the years to make sure our players are always in the safest equipment. And uh, he's done a great job working with Riddell in this in this regard as well. But uh, these helmets uh, are specially fitted to each one of our players on you know on the team uh, by a laser, uh, mm. and then built in the factories uh, you know to fit these guys uh, to a T. No one else can ever use these helmets. Um, you know, where uh, each each player on the team gets two. Um, and, but um, you know it's it's uniquely fitted to their heads, uh, you know with uh, you know with the uh, intention to you know limit uh, you know li- limit uh, you know uh, head head injuries and concussions and things along those lines, and uh, you know we everybody's really excited about it. I mean, these helmets. I think on the retail market go for about seventeen hundred dollars a piece. It shows you the kind of commitment wow. that the University of Iowa has safety of our players because uh, I know a lot of moms are concerned about that these days and uh you know I think uh you know we're working hard to to get it right my understanding is it's, you know you know it's been tested uh by the NFL as the top rated helmet um you know as you said we're, we're going to be the first you know college team to put the entire team in these helmets and you know I think that's going to be uh you know, that's going to be something pretty darn big. And, you know, you'll, you'll see the, I'm sure you'll see the price of everything come down as these things become more popular, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's great to, you know, to, you know, to give our guys the opportunity to, uh, you know, to use, to use it first. And it's great to see the university committed to doing the things that will, you know, help, help keep our, uh, keep player safety up front. So- I think there's other things that are going to be out there as well. Uh, you know, the rugby tackling, uh, uh is past being a craze at this particular stage and now it's um you know Seattle was very you know, Pete Carroll committed to it uh, you know, with with, with how he did it. now um, you know, a lot of a lot of college teams are starting to go to it and, and even there, uh there's new equipment out right now that um uh is available to help teach the rugby tackling that I think is only gonna again enhance the safety of the sport. Um there's you know, there USA football is doing everything they can to uh you know, to help make, you know, the sport safer for, you know, younger younger players as well. There's a guy named Andy Ryland. He's a former uh Penn State football player and uh all American rugby player there that he's in charge of development at USA football, does an unbelievable job of teaching rugby tackling. And is, you know, really, uh, you know, it can really change the game. We just need to get more people to buy in. And, mm. and uh, I heard him talking in Des Moines. Unfortunately, it was me and about 16 other high school coaches that are where he needs to be in front of like 1600 coaches, uh, you know, you know uh, teaching people how to tackle like this. And, and the equipment, believe it or not, was invented by a, 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 a Scottish. Rugby coach. Uh, his, in fact, his title was collision was collision coach because he caught tackling. To, I thought most defensive guys would like that. But uh, his name was Richie Gray. I actually worked with him in Miami uh, because the uh, the Dolphins were the first to use this equipment, and the Broncos are using it now. I think the New York Giants and uh, you know a little uh, little prep school in Western Massachusetts. All Mr. academies. But this is, you know, between the helmets and the way we can teach tackling now I think can really uh, increase the safety of the game and help the you know the, the moms and dads feel uh, you know feel a little bit more comfortable about what's going on with football.
0: Not to harp on the helmets too much coach but from the cheap seats here one of the things that we've heard in this con- concussion conversation is that it's the movement of the brain inside the skull that is the real problem. What's special about these helmets that that thinks that, let's Rydell or or the University of Iowa believe that this is a safer alternative.
3: Yeah, I think the fact that it's you know especially fitted and padded a certain you know a certain way that uh, is going to make it you know is is going to make it fit better and hmm. hopefully uh, you know prevent that you know prevent that from moving. But you know the, the specifics of it I can't hmm. you know I can't I, I wouldn't. Uh, pretend to be able to scientifically uh um you know describe it by any means but I know you know I'm excited about the fact that our guys are going to be in the best that there is available and uh people are working to solve all these issues the way that uh the way they
0: should be Let's talk about some of your quarterbacks spring practice is over uh Nate sure. Stanley looks like he'll be the starting quarterback here let's, let's lean on some of your pro experience coach from your experience with the Dolphins where do you put Nate's pro potential?
3: Oh, we, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're not going down that path. It's, uh, it, it, there's, there's too much ahead of him right now at this stage. but you know, he's got a, the, he's got a big arm obviously. And, and, um, he, he certainly is a great student of the game, he's probably, you know, the most meticulous, most detailed quarterback that I've had the opportunity to coach. And he, um, you know he works at it very hard and if something if he's not if he's not getting it right he'll work on it until he does get it right and uh that's probably the thing that you know uh, is, is has impressed me the most and uh um and, and stuck in my head I and mean, he he really because of how he works and how he thinks um is uh, uh you know is headed in the right direction i mean if I heard someone recently describe, you know, performance, you know, is a behavior, not an outcome. And he really approaches that like it's a behavior and he behaves in a way which is always, you know, putting his performance first and, and, and trying to, you know, trying to upgrade his performance uh, with every little thing he does, you know, whether it's how he eats, sleeps, or, plays football, goes to school, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's done with detail and uh, efficiency.
2: So we had uh, Peyton Manziel by our stats. so You guys uh, don't keep the stats, or at least for the media. We had him eight for nine for 75 yards. We thought he looked pretty good um, in the spring scrimmage. Was that representative of how he fared uh, this spring? And do you like who you have in, in what would probably be your backup quarterback?
3: Yeah. Pey- yeah. Peyton's, uh, Peyton had a tough, you know, the, the, the guy that runs with the second uh, the second crew always has the toughest time. Usually, mm. uh, not necessarily always afforded the uh, best protection during practice <laughs> and things along those lines. So he learns quickly that he needs to get the ball out of his hands. But um, I thought Peyton Peyton had a really good spring. Again, you know we're talking about some young guys now you know, Nate, you know, going into his second year as a starter, you know, Peyton's only been on campus, you know, less than, you know, less than two semesters, you know, but he's, he's done a great job of, you know, learning the system, you know, his feet, his feet have improved, you know, immensely over the course of, you know, the last four months, especially, and, you know, he's, you know he he's he's beginning to you know some of it's beginning to click the way it needs to and he can see the field obviously you know like you, you're talking about with his uh, his completions the other night so and he does a nice job in the huddle and most of these guys uh, at this stage they never even played it, it used to be just an issue to get you know find guys that uh, didn't spend their whole career in the in the shotgun now. Uh now you gotta it's it's uh it's a rarity if you can find somebody that actually um <laughs> uh you know, has been in a huddle yeah. before, you know, because everybody's at the line of scrimmage doing things. So uh no Peyton, Peyton had a good spring and um uh, and, and uh did a nice job.
0: Coach, is it too early for us to ask about two thousand eighteen expectations for Spencer Petrus? Do you know what the plan is for, for that young man?
3: Yes, the plan is for him to continue to get better like did this <laughs> spring. And uh Will he
0: be red shirting? Maybe I should and, be more specific, Coach.
3: And in the fall, uh, you know, the plan will be exactly the same. And uh nope, I haven't looked into any crystal balls. I haven't seen them in Kirk or Brian's office either. And uh uh you know, right now you know, I I I think we'll just stay focused on uh you know, on what we uh you know on what we do best and and who we are, and that's developing players. And and uh, Spencer's going to be <laughs> he's going to be working hard at that right now. But he you know he uh he jumped into it. I got to hand it you know hand it to him. You know these are he's talking about a guy who's uh, you know should be getting ready to go to the senior prom. He's out mm-hmm. there you know uh, in the spring game trying to get plays checked and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's uh,
0: that's a good perspective, you know, Coach. You know, <laughs> it really is.
3: and and he's uh. You know, I mean, he's getting up at five in the morning and go over, and you know, you know, go over to meet Chris Doyle, at, you know, at the weight room <laughs> door. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's one thing waking up and you know, it's another thing waking up and seeing Chris there to greet you. You know, so yeah. it, but it's it's, um, you know, I, I admire these guys, just like I think I said, you know, a month ago or so. But, you know, the, what they do is not easy. But I know when they leave here, they're prepared. Do just about anything that
0: there is to do. Thanks for the time, Coach. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Okay,
3: Thank you again.
0: Take care. Good luck with the pizza this afternoon. Hey,
3: we're, uh, yeah. <laughs> we won't get that going yet. You know, you're know, you in a neighborhood and you really want to see
2: it. Come on over. All right, All we'll right. be there. <laughs> I'll care. do that. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it.
0: I would imagine if you're calling the high V for the dough, you're three, four times a week, right, Chad?
2: <laughs> Heck yeah. If you got an outdoor pizza oven, I mean, I'd, I'd be I mean, using Mark, that.
0: Every I, night. I have a hard time justifying my green lid bin that I'm supposed to fill with yard waste. If I had an outdoor pizza oven, it'd have to be a, a nightly deal. My wife would disown me. When we get back, we'll wrap up. Talk about our reaction to Ken O'Keefe's interview. Then we are here till six twenty tonight for Cardinal baseball. A lot more Hawkeye football to talk about here on fourteen sixty KXNO. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and fourteen sixty KXNO. We still got about twenty minutes of Hawk Central here ahead of us. This is going to be a really quick segment. We'll take about a sixty-minute timeout. We'll be right back with you for those last twenty minutes. Uh, Mark Emmert, Chad go hanging out with us. Mark, if I asked you for just a 15-second review of Ken O'Keefe there, what was what was the highlight? What stuck out to you?
1: I think really when he said that uh, Stanley was probably the most meticulous quarterback he's ever been around, that, that really gets your attention because that's a lot of quarterbacks. I thought that was very high praise.
0: Chad, that's funny. That's the exact same thing you said when we were on the break there.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> that's that's saying something. He's, he's coached a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, he coached Brad Banks. He coached Drew Tate, Ricky Stanzi. Oh, uh, Ryan Tannehill <laughs> I mean, the,
0: the thing I enjoyed the most from that conversation was his perspective on Spencer Petrus. yeah this is a kid who is supposed to be preparing for his senior prom. He should probably be worried about which girls like him and which guys want to kick his butt instead he 's got yeah. Greg Doyle on his door at uh, or Christopher or, uh, door <laughs> at, at five a m that 'd be tough.
2: I still think he's should red shirt. <laughs>
0: It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Chad Leistico in studio. We've got Mark Emmert on the phone. Just wrapped up a fun interview with Ken O'Keefe. That will be up on the podcast here shortly. Uh, Speaking of podcasts, real quick, Chad, last week we signed off. You and Mark were going to do a spring practice podcast. Did that get landed?
2: Oh, yeah. One of our best ever, right, Mark?
0: I thought so. Yeah. When you take me out of the mix, you can only improve. I mean, <laughs> really really streamline oh, so it. That's yeah. not what we were trying to say. No, no, yeah,
2: that is true. Yeah. No, no, have, no production value things, without you.
0: Things good though. I mean, uh what was what was the reaction from Spring Game, Mark?
1: Well, yeah, I thought uh I mean, it's a, it's a spring practice, but uh I thought uh, the defense looked really good. I thought the Monty Hooker was as dominant as anybody ever seen in in one of those situations and he just controlled that game when he was out there. He looked uh like a star in the making, and I asked Jake Gervas afterwards if he's a potential all american and Gervas just laughed and told me to ask that question to Phil Parker, but I'm not going to do that. So uh, <laughs> I was hoping Jake would just say yes, yes, he will be. But uh, I do think he's got that potential to be this year's Josh Jackson. Uh,
2: I'll, I'll jump in on the defense there, and then another Amani that you wrote about there, Mark, Amani Jones, mm-hmm. and obviously, yep. um, I mean, number one, I thought he looked uh, outstanding at middle linebacker. I think that Iowa has a um, – a real good candidate there for the next two years. Obviously, it's early, but just all the things we're hearing about him and, and just getting to see him in that role for the first time. He was really slashing in to stuff the run. Um, really seems to be animated out there, the exact type of personality you want. And obviously, with, with Aaron Menz's uh, ACL tear, um, you know his role becomes that much more important. So he's going to be um, a guy to watch uh, all year, and I was encouraged by what I saw.
0: Yeah, he was in command. Yep. Nice to hear. It's really good to hear the news about money Hooker. I know that's a guy, Mark, that you're hoping for, and you think that, that if he can have big things this year, that can uh, help this team go a long way. So that's positive to hear that. That's good. Uh, it, and you did correct me there, Mark, because I, I said it was a spring game. It was pitched as a spring practice, but then when you guys got there, Chad, it was a little bit more like a game, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, they just didn't really keep score. You know, I mean, it, it, most of it was scrimmage time, yes. Okay. Um, now it was. You know, it wasn't really. You know, they they put the ball at different yard lines here and there, right. but it wasn't, it wasn't it was, really, wasn't it was, really it was a game. It was better than I actually thought it was going to okay. be in terms of sc- scrimmage action.
0: Did you talk at all with Ferens or the coaches, uh, Chattermark? If that's if that's something that's go- going to do go forward, are they going to evolve this into kind mm-hmm. of a spring game, or was this just kind of a we woke up on that side of the bed thing?
1: Yeah, we didn't talk to them about that. I. Yeah. I I can't imagine that they're really thinking about evolving into a spring game. It doesn't seem like they've resisted that for so long. I just think that was the kind of practice they wanted to have okay. on that particular day, and, and that's, uh, that was the best thing. Yeah. I mean, it was actually kind of short. It wasn't a long It was like maybe 90 minutes. Right. Uh, yep. So I, I I thought it was really good actually.
2: Yeah. Right. Go ahead.
0: Want to take some calls here? Yeah. We have uh, some listeners that want to uh, jump in with us here. Alex joins in. 284-5966. Alex, thanks for calling Hawk Central on KXNO.
2: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to ask the uh, gentleman, I,
3: I asked them last year after the spring game, uh, if they had to pick someone
1: on each side of the ball that they thought uh, had
2: improved,
1: uh, you know, physically, not necessarily in terms of like skills, but just, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, who would they pick for each side of the ball? And I'll hang up and
3: listen. Thanks, guys.
0: Boy, Alex, I was going to ask you if you remember who the guys told you it was last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to know how good they were. I gotta think, deal. so
2: let me let me give Mark the first crack. Mark, of do you have? Thing. Did anybody
1: anybody I'll do? I can do defense. Yeah, I, I think Amani Jones. Yeah, okay. the guy is the guy is built like a like a truck. Hmm. Yeah, he looks uh, he's really strong and really fast.
2: I'll jump in on defense as well, and then we'll go offense. But I'll say Chauncey Golston. He's a guy that uh, I thought really mm-hmm. flashed in this wow. spring. I'll call it a didn't game. Didn't expect that name a spring game. <laughs> um, and in fact, when I was in West Des Moines last night uh, talking to Kirk Ferenc, um before the, his iClub banquet. We talked a little bit about Golston, and he views him as in that top six on the defensive line, and and, uh, as Mark noted in his post-game coverage, Sam Brinks played and started at defensive tackle. He was, of course, at defensive end last year. Uh, Farron said this is a way to get Golston on the field. They really like what he's doing. He's 6'5", 265. He'll be a redshirt sophomore. Uh, A lot of potential there you know, helping out that defensive line. I'm starting to feel a little bit more encouraged about the D line, especially if Sam Brinks can maybe cut in there.
1: Yeah. That's a good move, I think. Yeah, the, I do too. The player in the team. Yeah. Offense,
2: right. offensive uh, muscle is that kind of the question? Yeah, I think he's looking for
1: yeah the guy muscle that. Muscle speed.
2: What do you think, Mark?
1: He's, he's asking about tight ends basically, I and mean, the answer is
2: all <laughs> fans on offense. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. I'm going to go uh, further down the depth chart and just say Drew Cook. Um, we we didn't get to see a ton of him on on Friday night. Uh, what I did see, I did like. Uh, I still think he's going to be a contributor at some point in his career. Uh, when he was a quarterback, he was six five two thirty five. Now he's six five two fifty. So I think wow. you know, going into his redshirt junior year, uh, getting more comfortable at the position. Obviously, he's behind a lot of really good guys, yeah. though. So um, we'll see.
0: There was some big news this week, and not since uh, Matt Campbell was hired at Iowa State and Cyclone fans were worried about the walk up song, have fans been more excited about something so useless as a water tower being painted. Huge news <laughs> out of Iowa useless. City. <laughs> This is the most ridiculous thing, Mark. I, I can't believe how much the university fubbed this thing.
1: Wow. I, oh, this so is. You see the Vegas line. I was to be favored in every game. Now <laughs> <I think. laughs> is that
0: why? I don't know how you couldn't be. I mean, you're turning it up to 11 <laughs> yeah, with that they, water tower.
1: They will never lose again in Kinnick.
2: So what what was, what was your gripe?
0: Uh, they shouldn't have put out a press release. You put out a press release when you give a contract extension to a coach. You don't put out a press release or when not. you <laughs> when you plan to paint a water tower. Here's what would have been really cool if they just would have painted the water tower, and then fans would have seen it. it would have been a grassroots blow up. Somebody like you know Chin in in Iowa City would have mm-hmm. taken a picture of this thing. It would have blown up on the internet. Like, hey, this is amazing. Look at what's happened. Look oh. at what they've done. That would have been a much better way. Yeah. If I don't you're...
1: think they can do that overnight, though. Can't do what? I think it's gonna just paint the water. I think it's gonna take several days or weeks to paint that water I'd...
0: tower. I understand that, but Mark, that would have been that have been a better way to get that news out. To have somebody take a picture of a crew painting the water tower than to put out a press release. I like
2: that, actually. And, and then you get – no one says anything for exactly three days right. and you just watch them paint it. Exactly
0: right. That's the way you should have it. Covered this. up at night. And if you want if, – if they wanted to put <laughs> out a press release, what they should have done actually was – Actually,
1: in Iowa City, watching paint dry would be kind of fun. <laughs> the,
0: if they wanted to put out a press release, what it should have done was ex, it, it just peeled the curtain back a little bit as to how this happened. What? Who are you dealing with? Who are the hiccups over the last 10 years? Did the wave – uh, was the wave a part of this, of building that bridge? If so, then you got to thank the fans for making that a special event and helping this happen. I was. This was another example of who's running the PR over there in Iowa City because this was a disaster.
2: I hadn't thought about it that way. Interesting. Yeah. What did you yeah. think
0: of it, Chad? You heard it. Were you, were you excited well, about it?
2: I'm not excited. No. Yeah. I mean, I just just gave us one That's more right. thing to write on Friday night. To be honest. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I know, Mark. I I, I delegated to Mark on that. One. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> I cause I wrote. The, I think I wrote the midfield logo too. So I, I any any time they they're painting a tiger hawk anywhere, apparently that's that's my beat. That's cool though. So keep doing it. Yeah,
0: Chad. You've mentioned What's briefly that? here. You got a you got a few moments with Coach Ferentz, um on last night. Yeah. Learn anything? What was the highlight of your talk with him?
2: Yeah, I mean. Um, Obviously we talked about Aaron Mann's uh didn't know for sure it was ACL on Friday it had a pretty good strong sense it was. Uh, we haven't really talked too much about that here we did on the podcast but uh what a bummer for him um and, and yeah. tough tough time and you know to be him tough time you know tough time to as a coach you know somebody that's worked with the guy for 4 plus years now and and just to see yeah. sort of a little bit of his dream shattered there just on um, uh, starting lineup yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we did act- talk about Ahmad Wagner a little bit. Um, said uh, basically the ball's in his court uh, for Ahmad. Uh, and ob- obviously, we talked about last week on the show. He visited uh, Kentucky over the weekend, or at least he was supposed to. Uh, d- they've not worked him out or anything like that. Okay, so uh,
0: that seemed like a bad sign. If I'm just, I mean, looking at this as an outsider, if they were interested, I feel like they they're interested.
2: Been- they're interested, but Ahmad's kind of wanting to sit back and take his time with this basically. And so that's where it is, um, right now.
0: Okay. Uh, what are you most impressed with this Hawkeye team after spring ball, Mark?
1: Ooh. Um, well, I, I guess I already mentioned hooker. Um, I think the defensive secondary can be really good again. Yeah. I actually, uh, I, I don't know what impressed. I was, I I thought the offensive line really fared well, the starting offensive line. I know they're a little banged up there and there's a lot of splashes in the interior, but, uh, I thought they actually had a really good spring game, and I think uh, there's maybe a little more room for optimism there than maybe we would have thought. I
0: like that. Okay,
1: two three weeks ago,
0: Chad, you maybe you did it unintentionally, but you gave me a little bit of optimism on that defensive line, knowing that Brinks has moved there. If you've got six names and and one of them is a guy you're really impressed with physically, at the bottom of that, I like the defensive line movement. What was what are yeah. you most impressed with right now?
2: You know, I, I would echo what Mark said about the secondary. I just I, I don't know why. I I, don't, I guess I didn't think it was going to be a concern, but uh, Right. I just came away just again, Amani Hooker does look like a possible star back there. Um yep. and I thought that last year too. It's not like I'm just yeah. extrapolating yeah. off yeah. of a, a few plays at a scrimmage. But I think uh I think we also forget how that Jake Dravass I think is a pretty good player back there and sometimes yeah. that's uh, easy to overlook. I mean the guy guy made some plays last year and uh you know, had another interception in this thing. Um and I'll echo something Mark said on our podcast as well, the offensive line. Um, I think might be Ference based on ference 's comments is where I found encouragement. He said he thought they could be a pretty good unit they 're just not real deep right now and and I would agree mm. at tackles i didn 't you know as good as iowa's ends are the the tackles or the ends weren 't getting in um in yeah. the pressure, so I guess um, the ones yeah, yeah, and that was actually another thing that Ferentz said last night when I talked to him was he really thought he saw in the spring a b- bi- big jumps from. The guys that played as true freshmen last year, so that would be your Tristan Worfs.
0: Well, Jax wasn't a true freshman. But yeah, your
2: okay. so uh, your Epinesas, yeah. your Smith, Marsets, those types of guys. Matt Hankins. Matt Hankins. That yeah, good. that's a good point. Yeah, he was. He's probably their best yeah. corner right now. So.
0: Just and just <laughs> yeah. start, you did have Alert Jackson left tackle, Tristan Wurfs right. Correct. Okay. yeah, right. What are you most concerned about, Chad? Maybe I should start with you on concerns.
2: Hmm. <laughs> you know. linebacker is going to have to, I'm just going to have to go linebacker. And I will say kicking game, uh, uh, punning game, punning game. Mm. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Racinos is going to be fine. Mercinos is good. Uh, we yeah. know about the linebackers, but mm, punters, man, I'm not sure that I, I hope someone, you know, for Iowa's sake breaks, breaks loose. I wasn't that impressed. Other people said they were okay. Uh, I thought, i just didn't think the punts looked very impressive
0: mark's a guy that's always focused on the punters mm-hmm. so mark what was your yeah, takeaway
2: from the punters so. and then then give me yeah, your biggest I think concern
1: okay is the uh, kind of uh, the ceiling for what they were Yeah, <laughs> okay. great but i think the biggest concern to me still is their uh field position players outside of tight end i think the receivers and running backs you know look okay at times if there's nothing really outstanding there and i think they need to, to get some depth there we obviously nick easily sat out so that's there's one big wide receiver but uh I don't know. Mar-set, Smith, Marsett, and Smith didn't didn't show a lot. Torn Young was decent at times, but you know they didn't use him very much. I just think there's a lot of still a lot of questions there about wide yeah. receiver and running back. Absolutely. Chad, did they?
0: You told me right before we came on there was a recruit that uh, the Hawks landed today. Is that right?
2: Yeah, they picked up. Uh, this will be their sixth commitment um, in the class of 2019. Uh, Matt Bayan has a story up at HawksCentral.com. Sebastian Castro is his name, and he's a, th- a high three-star safety. Um, had some had some pretty <laughs> decent offers um out Our of a- safety. <laughs> well, apparently they're going to take one in this class and I think he's it. Okay. So um anyway, uh gives them six guys, he's 6 foot 1, 195, uh hard hitter. So, uh always good to to beef up the secondary.
0: Any guy that you can name, sea bass, I'm I'm down with. It. I think that's a good one. Oh, bro! Anything else from the from hockey football? Can should we talk about NFL draft here for the past last couple of minutes? You guys have anything else from from spring or uh, the conversation? Yeah, let's go
2: fans? NFL because we okay. won't get a chance to do this. Uh, you know, yeah, because after, after
0: this, these guys aren't Hawkeyes <laughs> yeah, anymore, right? So. Yeah. Uh, and Mark, you've kind of been our our man on the on the streets here for the draft. I saw something today. I think it was either McShay or Kuiper. Uh, listed who they thought their first, who, who was going to be the biggest steal in each round, and James Daniels yeah. was listed as the biggest he, steal in the first isn't that
1: round. Isn't crazy? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of buzz about him there. I mean, it's been, it was there at the Combine, it just seems like it's growing. I think he is considered the, probably the top prospect in the interior offensive line at center guard position. I think most teams see him as a center, and maybe as a franchise center, a guy that's going to play there 10, 12 years as a starter. So I think... uh I still am really curious to see which which one of those two guys gets drafted higher, and mm-hmm. keep going back and forth. And I still think it could be Daniels if a team really needs a center. Uh, he's he's the guy you want to get.
0: Chad, it does look like the Hawks very possibly tomorrow afternoon could have two first round picks in the NFL draft.
2: Yeah, that has not occurred in the Kirk Ferentz era. Uh, the last time it happened was 1997 with Tommy Knight, uh, the number nine pick. That was kind of a shocker back then. And then Ross Verba that? Um, ended up going to the Packers with pick number thirty. Uh yeah, Tommy Knight Day. He didn't last too long, I don't think, in the NFL. He went to the Cardinals. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, I did a story on Josh Jackson going uh, going into this draft. A, a bigger piece on him, and and just uh, it is pretty an amazing a pretty amazing story. Here's yeah. a kid that's a two star recruit, no Power Five offers except Iowa. You know, ends up being a this a one year starter for the Hawkeyes. Um, you know, turns pro early. A consensus All American, leads the country in interceptions and now could be uh getting drafted in the first round in his hometown of Dallas uh for in the stadium of the team he rooted for the Cowboys with so all his fa- he's got like uh 20 plus family and friends coming uh Ferenc is going down phil parkers going down miles taylor's going down so uh huh. pretty neat story What
0: a difference a year makes yeah one year ago Number after spring corner. practice he was yeah we it was regumba it was ojemudia um yeah. I remember I think there was a third one in front of Jack's No, he was in there, but was he the, third guy? the
2: year before. I mean he was behind King and Mabin and Rugamba. Yeah, Right. So
0: yeah. yeah Maben's the other guy. Incredible. What a an awesome turn for him. It'd be great to see him go in that first round. James Daniels looks like a first rounder. Mark, I I'm also seeing some stuff about Josie Jewell. I think what, what Kuiper put him on was like his all tape team or something like that. Huh? I, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a silly a one, point. but at least at least an accolade. For Josie, what do you think the prognosis is for him over the next couple of days?
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that's good about, uh, I think, about his prospects is that a lot of teams invited him out, it sounds like, to actually do one-on-one interviews and workouts. And Assuming those went well for him, so the interviews are going to go well for him. He's a very articulate, uh, intelligent football player. But uh, if, the, if the workouts went well, I think he can maybe rise up and uh, still stay mid-third third or fourth round, somewhere in there. What do you think, Chad?
2: Yeah, I, w- I would look for him in in rounds three to five. If he goes, uh, if he goes two, I'd be surprised. Just because I think yeah. he's the type of guy that someone's going to get value on him. But, but yeah, I, I've, um, I would say three life. to five. That's so if thing. he goes Friday night, that would be I think a plus for him.
0: But you both seem really confident that he does get drafted. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. A- Absolutely. A-
2: Akram Wadley. That's more of a question mark yeah. okay. um i've seen so projections I like yeah i think he will i think i've seen i would say the average projection i've seen for him is round six um mm-hmm. and, and he does have that he can catch the ball out of the backfield and and yeah you know, i think return kick certain you're correct that's a good point mark certain teams mm-hmm. could use his skill set differently than others i mean he's not going to be a power every down back obviously yeah.
1: Yeah, and he's a role player but he could be a really good one
0: yeah and then mark what are the, what are sean welsh's chances yeah
1: that's i mean that's a little more. You know, I Iowa has an reputation for offensive linemen. I think that's going to help him. I still think he gets picked, you know, sixth or seventh round. Okay. Uh, he kind of projects more for the backup. When you talk to people, that he could be one of those guys that you know if you need a sixth guy, you always talk about your top six offensive linemen. He could be that sixth guy, and he can plug in really either guard position or center. So that that gives him some versatility, but not, not a lot of teams are going to spend a high pick on a guy like that. So I still think he gets picked. So.
0: That would be incredible if we come back on here next year, next week, and there's four Hawkeyes that uh, have have been drafted. That would be. Uh, there yeah. could
2: be more. I mean, if Ben Neiman maybe has an outside shot. Maybe yeah. Ike Butker, Boone Myers, Butker. Yep, yeah. uh, yeah. not out of the question that one of those. Because we forget about Butker and Myers. Yeah. I think. I did, and uh, we don't know how. We don't really know a lot about how they've done. As, I and mean, we know how they did a pro day and they did okay, but. You know they're probably going to workouts too, and I don't know. Should be interesting. I think Jackson. I'm going to go Jackson as the first hawk I picked, though. I think he yeah, might. Yeah, that's going to be Yep. I think it could be the Packers. Um, unfortunately for
0: Jackson me. and Daniels, <laughs> both first rounders though, Chad. If you say Jackson, I, you're thinking that, right?
2: I think I think they will Jackson. both be. I, I like uh, Daniels to Carolina. Do
0: you know which coach we're getting next week?
2: Ooh. I don't. I. I I know Brian Ference is coming up soon. There we go. I don't know if it's next week.
0: He'll don't. be here to drop bombs and light <laughs> fires and all that other stuff that he does. Mark, thanks a lot, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Right. Thank you, guys. Chad, thanks for setting up another fun one, man. That was really good. We'll be yeah. back at it next Wednesday with Hawk Central right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.